The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to Out of Office, the podcast about life and leadership. I'm your host, Malika Kapoor. Every week, I bring you a conversation with a newsmaker speaking at a Bloomberg Live Summit. This chat, which we record offstage, is freewheeling and it's informal. We talk about things our guests don't get asked about on stage or when they're in the office. Their childhood, aspirations, mentors, first jobs, favorite book, work ethics... High points, setbacks, downtime, family, and love. Because these influences make them who they are and define how they lead. Our guest this week, Chandra Prakash Gurnani. Everyone calls him CP. He's the CEO of Tech Mahindra, a $5 billion tech empire. They say that if you want to be ordinary, then you work ordinary hours. If you want to be extraordinary, then you work extraordinary hours. So, CP's a workhorse. What's he like when he's not in the office? Question is, is he ever not in office? My colleague Yajo San caught up with him on a day he wasn't. He was a speaker at the Bloomberg Equality Summit in Mumbai. Here's their conversation. Well, CP Granani, thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I wanted to ask you, you know, in China, there's this burnout culture. Um, uh, Jack Ma famously built his empire on the 996 culture, which essentially means you work from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and you do that six days a week. Do you believe that a person has to subscribe to that sort of lifestyle in order to succeed? I don't think there is any shortcut to hard work. I mean... uh, Listen, there could be a genius somewhere, there could be a maverick somewhere, but they are outliers. CP is a traditionalist, a little more Jack Ma than, say, Ariana Huffington. And I'm here to tell you that the way to a more productive, more inspired, more joyful life is getting enough sleep. We know how CP feels about that. They say that if you want to be ordinary, then you work ordinary hours. If you want to be extraordinary, then you work extraordinary hours. I can only tell you is that Jack Ma worked less than I do. I consider myself a 7-Eleven. You're a (laughs) 7-Eleven. I asked CP where he gets his work ethic from, and I have a feeling it's got something to do with his family's humble start in life. CP's grandfather immigrated from Pakistan to India after the deadly partition in 1947. He crossed the border with virtually no possessions. So I want to begin with your childhood. I know that you are the grandson of an immigrant. Um, Your grandfather owned a peanut oil farm, and your father worked at the Central Bureau of Narcotics. Um, Could you talk a little bit about growing up as um, a young boy um, who had immigrant parents and grandfather? Having observed my grandfather uh, start his life from scratch, and rebuild his life because he left everything in Sindh, which is now part of Pakistan. I mean, he would start his day in a white 
uniform and he would come back all black from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. And that's what my grandfather's life was. My father decided to join uh, Central Bureau of Narcotics, which is a government, central government job in India, where he was transferred in many cities. Mm. So if you look at the influence of childhood, it was A, seeing what hard work means. Mm -hmm. And number two is my father moving towns. I ended up studying in six or seven schools mm -hmm. for the first 11 years of my education. And I think it has made me resilient. It has made me curious. It has made me into what I am today. Uh, so I can only say thank you to my parents and grandparents. Were you ever worried about your father's job? He was the sole bread earner of the family. And uh, yes, uh, he was dealing with smugglers. There were instances where the smugglers fired back at him. And he actually had a portion of a bullet in his forehead embedded because that time the neurosurgery was not advisable. Mm -hmm. So yes, as a young child, I would say that I thought my father was vulnerable and I did lose my father at the age when he was 55, 56. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about your mother? My mother was a housewife, but she was the pillar of the strength. So I'll give you an example. There was very limited uh, salary coming in at home. Art of negotiation, art of balancing priorities, art of being able to extract the last penny from the limited salary that she had or, or the money that she got from my father. And second is well, she was very spiritual. To her, every morning and evening was a thank you time to the God. So whatever I have seen in my life, I do have this silent prayer. I don't probably may not go to a temple, mm -hmm. but I have a silent prayer when I get up in the morning. Thank you, God. And similarly, before I go to sleep, it is always thank you, God. And to me, that is my mom. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. I know that you're a pretty avid tweeter. Do you follow President Trump on Twitter? Or do you keep an eye out for his tweets? I keep an eye on President Twitter, but if that is called reading, then I want to be disqualified as an avid reader. Oh, no, <laughs> please. I mean, President Trump is uh, a maverick. I mean, I would not say that I read too much between his tweeters. I mean, I do read the directions that he's setting, 
but many a times he just likes to ramble and can uh, you know educate people or confuse people depending on which mood he is in well you know he uh, has been very critical of the h1b visa program which obviously um, a lot of tech workers from china and india um, depend on to work legally in silicon valley we believe jobs must be offered to american workers first does that make sense What's your view on this? You know, do you think that tightening the H-1B visa law would perhaps actually benefit India because it would retain some talents, or is it just a shame that globalization is on a decline? I think in a lot of ways, uh, President Trump is being very nice to China and India. The reasoning is very simple. That today, and this is a report that I was reading the other day, that AI industry in China is about 10x ahead of the United States. Now, similarly, an Indian IT industry, I mean, you read reports of the Indian IT industry, earlier every revenue was services, now they started talking products and platforms. Which means is, thank you very much, Mr. Trump, you're making us stand on our own feet. Number three, that we have created, India Incorporated has created more jobs in U.S. than you would like to give us credit okay. for. So I think in a lot of ways, I mean, uh, President Trump is only making everybody stronger and we should all be grateful to him. Do you feel like the next Google or Apple, the next big, big breakthrough would be born in India? You've already seen it in China at least. I mean, the fact is that your a fintech industry is far superior than anywhere else in the world. Uh, today, the features available on WeChat are probably better than what they are available on WhatsApp. Right? I mean, all I'm trying to make a point here is that some of the industry has proven that end of the day, we have the volume. And the second part that has proven is that if it was not for the Asia's contribution in product development, I don't think U.S. had all the resources. Despite his success, CP says he would have done a few things differently if he could go back in time. Is there anything that you wished you knew in your 20s? I know your career turned out really well, so you probably wouldn't have done anything uh, differently. I, but I mean, if in, you can, go back in time. Would you do anything differently? You know, I was a small-town guy. My exposure to the world was very limited. And you have to remember, my exposure was through the library books or the endless debate that I used to have with my, you know, fellow uh, colleagues in the college. Uh, and there were endless debates. I mean, we would start arguing at one night and go in for one week. When I was 20, it took me a lot more to understand, you know, what the world has to offer. So I was trained as a chemical engineer. I went into a chemical engineering job, into JK Synthetics. It took me a year to figure out I don't like that job because it was a production uh, job. So my point is that it took me four years to go through four jobs initially or three jobs initially to figure out what I don't like. Going back to your career trajectory, um, obviously you didn't go through the traditional corporate route. You were an entrepreneur first. Um, 
if a young if if a young person approaches you right now and asks for advice on what decision he or she should make, um, how would you advise him or her? There are different kids, and they need different advice. I don't want to stand up and say uh, one size fits all.、Mm. So, for example, you know, when a kid comes to you. Uh, he's not making a choice in today's world. He is very well informed. In many cases, he is looking for us your support. In a lot of cases, it is more about probably coming to me to use my capability to influence his or her parents. <laughs> right. So don't assume that the today's kids are, you know, they know less. Did you have a mentor that hugely impacted your life, your career? I would put it differently, as I said, that my parents were always my role models, and、uh, to me, it was not one mentor or not one coach.、Mm-hmm. I was, a large extent, taking help from lot more people, and I can also tell you, it's not a joke, that the best way to Uh, get a free meal when you are a student. Is you go and ask an elder person that I want your advice. He not only feeds you, he also. I <laughs> <laughs> can take you to lunch. By the best, best restaurant in town. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a, actually, that's a great advice. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, people like talking yeah, about themselves. People like to talk about themselves, and people like to give advice. <laughs> <laughs> so as a kid, I I was smart enough to figure that out. <laughs> That's a really important piece of advice. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much for、thank、your time. You. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That was Tech Mahindra CEO CP Gurnani speaking to Bloomberg's Yajo Sun. I hope you enjoyed that chat as much as I did. And remember, you can find more episodes of Out of Office on the Bloomberg Terminal or on our website. That's Bloomberg dot com. We're also on Twitter, and our handle is simply at podcasts. We'd love it if you could take a minute to rate and review our show. Please do that if you can, and I hope you'll join us again for more candid, informal conversations with newsmakers. This episode was produced by Laura Carlson. I'm Malika Kapoor. You can find me at this is Malika on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions. July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor: Amazon. Official airline: Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com/GreenFestival.